Good evening. I call to order the Canton School Committee meeting of Thursday, August 25th. It is 6.01 p.m. And we did not return from executive session. We did not have a quorum for executive session. So we are starting an open session today. And um, we're also without Chair Miranda, which is why I'm leading the meeting now, and Ms. Gallagher, who is unable to attend as well. We do have a quorum now. May I hear a motion to start the meeting? So moved. Second. Okay. And all in favor? Aye. Oh. Aye. Roll call. My name. Okay, Ms. Moran? Aye. Ms. Arboleda? Aye. And I'm an aye, so 3 0. And we are going to restructure the order of the meeting this evening um, in, in time, time, capacity for time. So we're going to start actually um, going to unfinished business, which is section E, and start with one, which is the 2022 2023 school handbook, second read. If I can turn it over to Superintendent Follin and the building principals, we're going to address that. Okay, thank you. And thank you for all of our principals who have been working extremely hard to get ready for the start of the school year. Uh, a big project uh, is always to ensure that the handbooks are ready for the start of the school year uh, and are delivered to parents and educators in the community. Uh, this is our second read. Uh, they took the feedback from the first uh, read at the school committee meeting, have made some adjustments, and they are going to walk the, the committee and the community uh, through those adjustments uh, so that we are prepared to consider a vote. And we'll start with Canton High School, with Mr. Jeff Sperling, principal. Great, thank you. Um, yeah, and again, we appreciate all the support from the first read and, and took under consideration uh, some of those suggestions that came back were, were perfectly appropriate and I think put us in a, a really good spot for a, a real strong handbook this year. So essentially there was only a couple of areas um, that we, we made some edits to. First was page 15, which was the language pertaining to our student council. Uh, we edited that language to be a little bit clearer and to make sure that we included um, kind of calling out by name the student council and class officer positions, just so that it was clear that we did have certain titles and elected positions within the school. We also added some language specific to the student advisory council, uh, as well as the chair of the student advisory council, who is that ex facto non-voting member of school committee. Uh, we were really excited to bring those positions to light last year. Um, I feel like we're really poised to bring those to light even further this year and, and solidify that practice for Canton High School moving forward. So that language has been added. Um, we had some people take a quick look at it and felt like it read pretty clearly. So hopefully it lands well uh, with the committee. Moving down just a little bit to our attendance procedures. We also wanted to really clarify our procedure for outreach to families. Uh, so we did a, a major overhaul of our attendance procedures uh, to make sure that it was clear, it was consistent, it was measurable, that we could sort of quantify what we meant by certain standards and expectations. But one piece that was missing, which we had talked about, but we hadn't added that specific language, was the communication to families on our end when students were starting to show some patterns of absenteeism. So we added in there very clearly that we would communicate um, on the fourth absence of a single term. And that communication would come by uh, a phone call as well as an email to families in those particular situations. We actually met as a team this morning to make sure that we updated that correspondence so that it read clearly. We will also do the same outreach procedure for uh, four tardies in a single term as well. So families will be very well informed uh, for students that are starting to show those patterns over the course of a single marking period. Uh, 
And other than that, we added some language in, which I believe at this point is probably still under review uh, in terms of the release of liability language for our athletics. So that was some information that came to us uh, from our attorney uh, in terms of, of just being clear on, on what those procedures were. We have a very, I think, concise and systematic process where families are able to go into a single document that, again, was created by our, our um, attorneys as well. And they can check off a lot of those consents and a lot of those release of liabilities all on one document. We just wanted to make sure that if there was language that we should have in there, uh, that we had that included. It was an easy add for us. It's also an easy edit. If there are edits that do come back down to us, uh, we can make those changes very, very quickly. Uh, the form that we do use, we also ask that we could um, have our attorneys take a, another look at that just to make sure that it was as comprehensive as it should be uh, moving forward. Those were essentially the items that were brought to our attention uh, in terms of clarification and revision. Um, so we're excited to be able to put forward the majority of the document without needing any review, but uh, we are certainly open to any and all suggestions that the school committee may have following that second read. Excellent, thank you so much, Mr. Sparling. And very glad to hear both those updates, especially about on the fourth absence, the contact to the parents. That's a great, great ad. May I turn this over to the committee for any comments, questions? Yes, Ms. Moran. So again, to reiterate, Mr. Sprung, thank you for really nailing down that attendance. I know that has been an issue with parents not understanding, not knowing. So I think being proactive is really going to help both our students, our parents, our families. The question I have in um, and I think, I know we're under time constraint tonight, I think we we're, we should revisit this, but uh, the two things I really, I, I wanna bring forward is something we touched upon was around um, the code of conduct and student behavior. And one thing that came out of it, the conversation last time was about students ordering food to school. And upon further, um, as I thought about it further, we have definitely moved away from allowing at the middle school um, parents to order food to school. But it, I, I think it sounds like we've said, kids can't order food to school, I think, and I'm wondering maybe if I missed it, is there an explicit statement that parents should not be ordering food sent to children at school? So we have a general statement that says deliveries to food are not allowed in any way, um, which we've had really good success with uh, in instances where that has happened. We've had really direct communication. We didn't want to discern between sort of students calling on their own and parents maybe calling and dropping it off just as a school for a lot of different reasons, safety reasons, things like that. We just wanted to make sure that there was uh, no deliveries at all to the school. Thank you. Excellent. Ms. Arboleda, any comments? We're good. Okay. All right. I'm good. Thank you. Do we feel comfortable? Um, do we, we're going to vote on those all as one at the end after hearing each schools? Okay, all right. So we should go ahead at this point, Mr. Mulhern to GMS. Great, thank you, Ms. O'Halloran. <clears throat> Good evening, everyone. Um, the only substantive change we made from the first read to tonight uh, was removing, Ms. Moran, thank you for previewing this, removing the section providing um, parents the opportunity to order DoorDash or other delivery services to the to the building. Uh, we simply removed that language. I appreciate the school committee's um, support of that, and I feel it brings us into alignment with district policy, um, and it's certainly a relief to our main office staff. Um, otherwise, you know, as I mentioned the first time around, 
Um, there are going to be some aspects that we take a look and see how they work and what you know the best policy might be, especially around uh, the away all day um, provision for cell phones, um, things like that. We're going to see what the best model is throughout the year. There may be some trial and error, and as I mentioned, you know, throughout the year with school council, we anticipate reviewing the handbook and uh, making sure that our policies make sense for what we want to achieve um, at the Galvin. So, um, in terms of so again, in terms of substance substantive changes from last time to this time, it's really only the removal of that uh, food delivery option. Excellent. Thank you, Mr. Mulher. And I know that that's a, a relief to me and I'm sure I'm not the only one, um, especially because, as we mentioned last time, the front office staff has their their full time jobs to do, have their hands full already and adding something to that, especially when we're, we have free food being offered in the schools again this year. Um, do I hear any comments? I think, Laura, I saw Ms. Arbolade, I saw your hand up. Yes. Thank you. I have a quick question. Have regarding the things that will be discussed throughout the year, maybe the cell phones that you were mentioning, how do more from my education, how do we move forward with those changes when they need to be addressed? Uh, do we need to wait one more year before they're implemented or can we figure out a way to do it mid year or what is the plan there? So um, I don't mean that we're uh, going to allow students to have phones. We're, we're going to go with the away all day policy. It really, um, the open questions surround what the best me best methodology is. So our first um, effort at that is going to be that we advise students to put their phones in their bags and their bags in their locker, and they'll access their locker as they need materials for different classes. But the phones should remain in the lockers all day. There is, you know, some discussion around whether we should have students carrying bags from class to class. That was a practice that apparently um, was was put aside during COVID, um, but it may be something we explore bringing back. You know, I, I came from a school environment where students carried their bags from class to class, and um, it gave students a, a place to put a phone if they brought it into class rather than, you know, have a have a teacher or administrator have to come up and collect it and, and, and possibly cause more of a disturbance than than we would like. So that's all I mean. We're going to look at the best way to achieve what we want. But what we want are students to not have um, access to devices that would pull their attention away from what we hope is a really uh, dynamic set of instruction this year. Understood. Thank you. Yes, Ms. Moran. Mr. Mulhern, thank you so much for putting taking away the uh, food delivery. That was awesome. So thank you. Uh, the, the two pieces I wanted to follow up with you in terms of the policy, and, and this, again, will be a bigger conversation I think we as a committee and a community should have, is, is sort of pathways from the middle school to the high school in terms of expectations and behaviors. So for example, um, I know I was at a conversation today where at the high school attendance is taken at every class. I don't believe that's the case at the middle school. So I'd be that would be something that I think you know we can discuss further. But to get kids on board that train of what are the expectations of the high school, so as if, as their first year students, they're not getting caught off guard. The other piece coming back to this phone is just the case in which again I'm hearing anecdotally at the high school there are you know some. Teachers have the kids put them away. Some have docking stations. So again, in since we last spoke, you know, the school committee has been able to review the st staff comments from our June survey, and at least one teacher asked for a district-wide phone policy. 
And I, and I think, so I say that to the committee, I, I think that's something we need to revisit in greater detail and make sure that everyone's on the same page. And it's sort of not a, a school by school thing, but it's a conversation we all have. So everyone, again, especially those middle school kids as, they, as seventh grade and up, as they're looking toward high school, they know the expectation that it takes that, unfortunately, discipline issue away or lessens it, as well as the potential for conflict between student and teacher. So I would note that, that we need to revisit that. Um, the other piece, Mr. Mulhern, I, again, I know you're new to the district, you're, you've been here about a minute, but within the code of conduct, there's a lot of um, articulation about how students, what a violation of code of conduct is. And I'm looking particularly at uh, disrespect towards st school staff members. And I'm sure you're well aware that has been a problem at the middle school. And I think from school, from my perspective as a school committee member, you know, we're sort of the 30,000 feet perspective, making, you know, sort of ideally giving you folks tools and levers to, um, run the schools. So my expectation is with these levers, you know, there will be a decrease in those in those conflicts. Teacher, you know, teachers should be respected. They shouldn't be sworn at, so to speak. So I, I know there's been frustration on teachers' parts about how that hasn't worked. So my charge to you is, you know, is to, to really change that culture. So our students are respecting our teachers. Um, and you know that that's a better learning environment for everybody. So again, a, another conversation for another day. But I, I think this code of conduct is great. It makes it clear for everybody. But I think it's really the how it's um, handled, enforced, communicated, and as well as expectations at the school level. So I will add that. Thank you. Yep. Appreciated, Miss Moran, and I look forward to continuing these conversations going forward. Excellent. Any other conversation from the committee? Questions? No. Okay, great. I wanted to interject one thing before we go on to the elementary school level is that we, the reason we're abbreviating the meeting tonight is so that we continue to have a quorum. We're bumping up against a 7 p.m. end time for tonight, which is why the restructuring is happening here. So for anyone listening, uh, we actually, believe it or not, we'll hopefully be ending a meeting in an hour. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the elementary school handbook, Ms. Lamore, would you please Hi. lead us on that? Absolutely. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, I'm glad that I'm here um, today. I wasn't able to join you guys last time. Um, so based off the feedback that we received after the first read of the elementary handbook, um, there were four specific um, requests for, um, you know, adaptations. And we have um, definitely um, addressed three out of the four. Specifically, um, we've added on page 13, the specific tardy time for clarity and consistency for all of the elementary schools. We know that both the JFK and Lewis are the early schools this year. So we wanted to be very clear about that as well as identifying that for the Hansen. Um, the second bullet point that we have identified um, or made some adjustments to is the ability to for parents to, um, or, or not let a financial burden, um, you know, exclude any parent from having their child join a field trip, right? So we definitely made sure that um, it is very clear that all students, regardless of financial um, capacity, will be on a field trip um, that will not be a burden to them. Um, so we have we we have the similar um, similar language as the GMS NCHS in our handbook, on, and that's on page twenty five. Um, the last aspect of change here is on the last bullet. Um, 
we have added the PE concussion policy um, from the high school. So that is very clearly outlined now that is on page 12. And so we wanted to make sure that we were in alignment um, with the other schools so that um, languages has been adopted from the high school handbook. So those are the specific changes. We will continue to consider moving towards a digital note, but we want to have, have more time to think about that and see how we can do that well. But um, as of right now, that has not been a change that we have adopted as yet. Excellent. Thank you, Ms. Lamour. And I, I know I'm not the only one that greatly appreciates, as from our discussion at the last meeting, the definition, the, the bullet points you just named, basically, um, the tardy time being defined for the schools. And of course, across our district, that financial restrictions never holding back anyone from attending a field trip and events like that. So that's excellent. Thank you very much. Do I have any commentary from the committee? Ms. Moran? Uh, thank you, Mrs. Moore. That was great. And again, glad to see the tardy time. The one request I would have is on the on page 14, the capped, just spelling it out, uh, making it, you know, with, uh, yeah, just so again, folks who pick it up, they All have the acronyms. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Okay. That was it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank any other questions from the committee or? Ms. Arboleda, you're good. Okay. Mr. Follin. I just want to acknowledge uh, our principal at JFK, Sandra Watson, who has worked alongside uh, Dave Groninger and Yeshi Lamore on this. Uh, she's been to both meetings, kind of taking it all in. Uh, so I just didn't want your uh, your presence and work to, to not go unnoticed. Yeah, I want to make sure that you were acknowledged. So thank you so much for your input and your work. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ms. Watson and, and Mr. Groninger as well. Excellent. All right, moving on to Ms. Kilday. Hi, everyone. So there are very few um, updates to the preschool handbook. Uh, one of them is uh, adjustments to our schedule where we're offering four and five day schedules this year instead of our two, three, four and five day. So you'll see that in there. You'll also see um, that we have updated based on feedback to the elementary schools um, at what time students would be considered tardy at the preschool. We added a section on curriculum just to outline that and explain that a little bit more. Uh, we use an integrated thematic unit which integrates all content areas. It also outlines our belief in play uh, and, and that is a valuable learning tool and the specific curriculums that we use at the preschool. There's also a statement about holiday celebrations that I think uh, reflects our core values at the preschool of inclusivity, um, and celebrating diversity. But those are really the three areas that we've updated. Other than that, everything's pretty much the same, but I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you so much, Ms. Kilday. Excellent updates. Uh, any comments, questions from the committee? All right, excellent. Hearing none, uh, we this is a second read and a request for a vote of approval. Do we have any overall questions about that before moving ahead? Okay. Do I hear a motion for approval of the 2022-2023 school handbooks? So moved. Second. Okay, excellent. We'll do roll call vote. Uh, Ms. Moran? Aye. Ms. Arboleda? Aye. And I'm an aye as well, so that's 3-0 and approval of the 2022-2023 handbooks. Thank you very much to everyone who has worked very hard on this and continues to work on it. 
Excellent. So our uh, next item we're going to move to is E2, which is the wellness policy second read. Also uh, looking for a hopeful vote of approval at the end. So with that, let me turn it over to um, Mr. Adam Hughes and Ms. Lawless. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for having me on tonight. Just want to go through a couple of things. So we went through a process after our last read of the policy and uh, I met with the policy subcommittee um, this week to just review a few things and go through some of the language and um, come to a really good place on uh, the way we were wording certain points within the policy. So uh, on a few instances, we um, opted to loosen some language uh, to the wording we'll strive to, which kind of just allowed us some flexibility in our practice and what we're doing um, throughout the district and uh, from a wellness angle and all fronts. Um, going from the top down, uh, one big point was that the uh, wellness department would not provide waivers or exemptions to students um, for classes and we instead um, added language that said we will provide accommodations on an individual basis and that is a uh, wellness department as well as um, building based um, approval so that was one particular change that to me had a great deal of, of impact in the policy um, to show that you know we're going to be here for our students and that we will work to accommodate them when the opportunity um, so needs to be done. Um, the next one, and Martha, I'm going to kind of let you speak to this, was the competitive foods aspect. Uh, we added some language uh, to make sure that this was understood, that these are foods that are not a part of the reimbursable meal program. Uh, and Martha, if you would like to speak to the competitive foods piece a little bit more from your angle, that would be much appreciated. Yeah, sure. So, um... Competitive foods or everything that's um, in the school for food, whether it's sold or in classrooms, um, and it, it's not part of the um, meal patent in the National School Lunch Program, reimbursable breakfast or lunch. And um, anything that is a competitive food um, cannot be sold during the lunch service, meaning it, it can't compete with a lunch sale during the lunch period and foods that are sold or in the schools available to students any other time of the day have to meet healthy guidelines. So, you know, students wanted to say have a bake sale or sell, just an example, candy bars. I don't see candy bars too much, but if they wanted to do something like that, it could not take place during lunchtime, say in the cafeteria. Uh, they wanted to do um, coffee and things of that sort in the morning before school starts or donuts or whatever. Again, it can't be during our breakfast service. Awesome. Thank you very much for that. Um, going right along with that, uh, snacks and foods in the classroom. Um, there's actually a protocol in place, and this was a point of question that was raised from the, our last read. Um, and just to clarify this, there's protocols in place and point C underneath that particular category uh, addresses that protocol and it has to go through the school nurse, the building principal, uh, and as well as get approval from parents at home, uh, just to ensure that um, you know, everybody's in the loop with what may or may not potentially be uh, brought into a classroom setting from a food standpoint. One of the bigger pieces in the policy that we addressed was fundraising and some of the language around that that was uh, one that was um, very 
tight on on language and we wanted to make sure that we um, made the right call with that so we decided to stick with the language on that but we did um, add a little excerpt at the end that says exemptions may be considered by building principles um, if so be uh, in the end ideally we you know, we don't want fundraisers happening during the actual school day we want learning happening during the school day so um, removing that distraction but if there's um, fundraisers that require exemptions that may be considered by building principles um, if that so happens um, one other point was adding a SWAC member at building level and um, ensuring that we have enough representation so that we are um, checking to make sure we're in compliance with the wellness policy and having that building representative would be a huge part of that. So as we continue to move forward, that will be one point that um, I will look to do from a wellness advisory committee lens is to um, gain a member at each building, whether that's through the wellness department or a staff member in general. Um, as the policy reads, it's the principal or a designee. We would like that designee to hopefully be in the SWAC committee with us. Um, so that way we have those eyes and ears on the ground for the policy and that point person in each building. Um, and then lastly, notification to the public. Um, there were a lot of modes of communication of how this policy goes out to the public. And uh, it was a lot of question around how does this happen? What does this look like? And um, I shared with the subcommittee yesterday that uh, I feel like this is my role exclusively as the wellness coordinator to ensure that through all modes of communication, this gets pushed out um, from the beginning of the school year and every opportunity that presents itself where it may be applicable to do so, that this policy is well communicated with everybody in the community um, as much as possible. So I'm gonna take that one on myself and say that uh, I will hold that responsibility on me um, to make sure that that happens. So um, those were the big points of, of interest within um, the policy that I thought were notable. We did, like I said, loosen some language in a lot of places around, um, you know, will versus will strive to, and I uh, really allowed ourselves some of that flexibility in there. So thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Hughes and Ms. Lawless. Um, as was mentioned, we had our policy subcommittee meeting yesterday and reviewed this again. We had Jim Hardy from MASC in attendance for kind of an overview as well to, to um, check everything, but very much appreciate Mr. Hughes, all your work on it and Ms. Lawless, all your work on it. And also the kind of the ownership, as you mentioned, Mr. Hughes, for taking that on to make sure that it's well communicated across the district. So. Do I, thank you. Do you hear any commentary? Do I hear? Oh, Mr. Marshall. It looks like we might have lost Miss Moran. Um, so we might want to pause uh, for a moment. Okay, thank you for noticing that. She just wrote to me that she's trying to get back in. Can we put aside that vote? Go to, um, what are we doing time wise? Oh, she's gonna call in. Can we just give it a couple seconds to stay in order? Okay. Yeah, let's do that. I have a quick comment, uh, but yes. I'll wait for Ms. Moran to come. Do you want me to wait or do you want, since we're, we need her to join, I'm assuming, right? But we Ms. don't, Marshall. we need her to vote, correct? We could have, I think, I think we're okay to uh, consider a comment at this time. Okay. 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 Thank, Thank you, you. Mr. Follin. Um, I, I just was, I wanted to make a comment in support of the idea of having representation from all of the schools for the wellness committee and activities, because I think that as we're rolling out more of these initiatives, the more input and support that we have, the easier it will be to get it um, to a more broader audience and adoption. So I just wanted to make that comment that I 
I'm in full support and I think it's a great idea and hopefully we'll get the right people. Thank you. Definitely, thank you. All right. No Ms. Moran yet, <laughs> not sitting in the waiting. I'll put a plug in for Ms. Amanda Ryder, um, who is a, a parent representative and uh, serves on our wellness advisory committee, has for a long time. Um, she worked uh, alongside Mr. Hughes on, on some of these interpretations. And like we said, running it through uh, that group, having some feedback um, and knowing where we have latitude and uh, where there's regulation was really important. And Jim Hardy from MASC does a really nice job of positioning us well. Um, so some of the things that were brought up with this particular policy that were prompted a, another read was um, not boxing ourselves in or having a little bit of flexibility around um, you know, some of our aspirations or some of our practices. So I would say, you know, Mr. Hughes, congratulations for documenting uh, some of that work and um, addressing it with the different policies uh, in a really thoughtful manner. I, I think we were, where we are right now is, um, is a really good landing spot and some good improvements. Hundred percent agree. I'm looking to see if we have Ms. Baran on the updates and hello, I'm currently on with Maureen. Okay, Maureen, can you hear us? Okay. Yeah. Mr. Fullen, could we possibly go to um, put that aside for a moment and go to um, Director of Finance and Operations report? Any updates from him, from Mr. Marshall? I think that makes sense. Go right yeah. ahead, Mr. Marshall. So I've provided in the electronic packet enrollment information updated enrollment information as of today um we continue to closely monitor uh hansen uh really grades k through four um if you look at the class size report the class size report that i have uh shared does include all pending enrollments um so we are um you know we'll be working over the next few days with any pending enrollments um to potentially shift uh some incoming students in um Hanson uh, grades um, to our other elementary schools. We will be working with our um, all three of our building principals. This is similar to what we did last year, um, but we continue to see you know some some rising, uh, specifically uh, first grade and third grade. Um, and uh, so we'll work with with all the principals over the coming days. Uh, this has uh, been explained to all of our families that have been, you know, enrolling with us. And as we're meeting with families through the registration process, uh, we're having these conversations. Uh, we'll take into consideration siblings, um, future years, and, and all of that as well in those conversations to try to make sure uh, that this works, um, you know, both for us and and for the families as well. Uh, but we're starting to see some some higher class sizes that we really need to uh, to keep a close eye on. 
Um, so happy to answer any questions. If any committee members, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me at any time. Anybody in the community that might have any, you know, questions or concerns, um, also feel free to reach out to me um, or uh, Brett McLeod in, in the Transportation and Enrollment Office. Any questions regarding enrollment? And then uh, um, quickly, just an update on transportation. Um, so we did have uh, routes uh, that went out in uh, the citizen today. Um, it does appear that there was a few uh, middle school PM routes that were missed. Um, so thank you for those that have brought that to our attention. Um, they will be updated tomorrow on our website. So if for some reason you think that there uh, was not a route in the paper um, and there should have been, uh, they will be updated on the website as of tomorrow. Um, obviously, we uh, have brought on a new uh, transportation company, and it has been um, a lot of work um, from both uh, our departments and working directly with First Student to kind of create new bus routes and, and get all of this into a digital um, format. Uh, up until this year, we were really uh, writing bus routes still on, you know, with, with paper and pencil. Um, so we are now uh, utilizing technology and, and routing software in order to, to best route our buses. And due to that, uh, there were, you know, there were some significant changes. But at the same time, what the software doesn't know is some specific areas within the town that might be troublesome um, for buses due to a variety of different reasons. So um, Anybody who has any questions, concerns, uh, comments about the bus routes, um, you know, if you live on a troubling street, we have some very busy uh, streets and some, um, you know, some some difficult areas uh, where our buses are stopping. Please reach out to myself. I'm happy to have conversations with you, and we will work with first student through the first month of school, um, as we typically do, um, to make changes to any routes through October first. Um, at which point we will start working on the app that we have discussed um, to kind of give everybody an, an update. So we'll monitor these closely and work closely with our bus drivers um, and with the management of first student uh, to update our bus routes. But please know if you have any questions or concerns uh, to please reach out. Excellent, thank you. Ms. Arboleda. I have a question, Mr. Marshall, for myself, but I'm sure that others in the community, where in the website would they need to go to see if they don't have the citizen? where are they posted or so they are posted on the uh transportation section of the website uh so if you go to the main cantonma.org uh, website under the administration tab there is a transportation section and you'll find everything that you need right there bus routes information regarding bus passes um, any information regarding fees uh, fee waivers and our most recent transportation letter that has highlighted all of that information including phone numbers and email addresses uh, for our departments as well as the dispatch office for uh, first student thank you excellent thank you so much very much appreciate it and we have Ms. Moran joining us back again after some technical difficulties here. She's via phone here. Um, Ms. Moran, you can hear us okay? Yes, I can. And my apologies to all for having a glitchy internet tonight of all the nights to have it. So my apologies, but I am here. Thank you for persevering. Appreciate it. We, Mr. Marshall just gave his report. I don't know if you were able to hear any of it, if you have any questions. Um, in regards to the director of finance and operations. Uh, no, I caught it, thank you. 
Excellent. Thank you again, Mr. Marshall. And we uh, put aside the, the vote on the wellness policy before when we were um, had some glitchiness there. So wanted to go back to that, see if, um, if there's any discussion, further discussion about the wellness policy ADF, or if we're ready to go forward for a possible vote of approval. I have no comment or question. Oh, go ahead, Ms. Moran. Thank you. Oh, sorry. I, I just wanted to say thank you, uh, Mr. Hughes, for taking the time to sit down with me. We had a long conversation. So I thank you for your receptiveness to my comments and my questions, and then certainly taking you back to Mrs. Lawless uh, and Amanda Ryder. So I just want to thank you for the process. I thought the changes looked great, and it was really helpful to sort of have some of the, the rationale included. So again, just thank you for your willingness to engage in the process. Absolutely. Thank you for all of your input. It was uh, extremely helpful and um, certainly something that I'll file into my knowledge bank as I go forward with processes like this moving forward, just for, uh, you know, as I think through them. So thank you very much. Excellent. All right. So do I hear a motion to approve wellness policy ADF based on the second read? So moved. So moved. Second. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. I'll do a roll call vote. Ms. Moran? Aye. Ms. Arbelena? Aye. And I'm an aye as well, so it's 3-0 vote of approval. Thank you again so much for all the work, everyone involved, especially Mr. Hughes and Ms. Lawless. And thank you to Jim Hardy from Remote, too, <laughs> for his oversight of it. Excellent. So our next item would be item E3, which is the policy section B second read and ms moran do you have yes yeah, so comment on that i actually have yes i actually have a question i'm i actually would like to suggest to the group that we hold off on um really discussing this in great depth of voting on it only because we're down two members so if we could postpone this uh, to the next meeting. Plus, I have a couple of edits to send along to you. So if we could, um, I, with a table to the next uh, meeting, that would be my recommendation until we have a full, a full committee. Absolutely. And just a, a very quick note about some of the changes that were made between the first and second read. Uh, there was a change to make sure select board was two separate words with the S and the B capitalized each time. Um, that references to the school improvement plan had uh, the acronym SIP in parentheses after each of those. And with the he, she, they, that it went to the actual word of the teacher, the student, the individual, whatever actually more accurately applied who was being discussed. So just for your consideration, but absolutely we can hold that for the next meeting, the September 8th meeting, and have more time to review that. So thank you very much. Okay, so with that completes uh, section E there, we are going to jump um, ahead to section G, the public comment as our next section. And just to remind everyone, public comment allows individuals to express or share an opinion or comment on issues to be discussed, uh, discussed by the meetings agenda or within the school committee's authority. It's not an opportunity for discussion or dialogue between individuals and the school committee or administration. To respect the time of all participants in the meeting, the totality of individual comments cannot exceed five minutes. And I will ask uh, Ms. Moran, if you don't mind keeping the, the timer as the clerk, the timer on that. Certainly. And with that, 
Thank you so much. Uh, with that, we have one public comment this evening. Uh, Mr. Mantel, welcome. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, hello, thank you for having me. Okay, so, uh, hi, my name is Adam Mantel. I live at 12 Wayside Lane in Canton. I spoke at the school council meeting on August 11th to request that the council do two things. Uh, to retract a letter of finding from my daughter's school records and a subsequent letter supporting it. The first letter makes multiple wrongful claims about her regarding an event on March 7th this year. Two, examine the processes by which civil rights issues are investigated and to explore how they can be improved upon to ensure legal compliance, transparency, substance, and professionalism that were missing from my own interactions with Canton school administrators. I'm here to restate my request. Let me start out by providing some context and then pointing out the redundancy I encountered from school administrators. On March 7th, a bully lured my daughter into using a racial epithet. The bully had been using similar language in my daughter's presence for some time previously. Hanson School Principal David Broninger told me that the Mr. Mantel, I'm sorry, I'm going to need to interrupt you for a minute, just um, that Certainly. we can't refer to any other students in any form for it, but per law. Um, all, all names are completely anonymous. I do not use any student's name in what I have yeah, to say. Just referencing them in any derogatory manner, unfortunately, falls without, uh, outside of the parameters of what's allowed in, in public discussion. Okay. But well, with I that, if you're that. able to move that, please, please uh, feel free to move ahead. I will maintain it. I'm not uh, Where was I? The Hanson School Principal David Broniger told me that the reason he asked former Director of Student Services Diana Mullen to an initiate an investigation of the events of March 7th was to give my daughter an opportunity to tell her side of the story regarding the event. Mr. Broniger conducted his own invest investigation independently of Ms. Mullins, in which he heard my daughter's account. Mr. Broniger also assigned punishment to my daughter prior to the completion of my family's appeal of Ms. Mullins' letter, further making her work irrelevant. Mr. Broniger indicated to me the punishment he assigned was consistent with that given to other children for similar infractions. To recap, Mr. Broniger had precedent to guide the punishment he assigned, he conducted his own investigation, and he wasn't obligated to wait for the conclusion of the appeals process. It's unclear what added value Ms. Mullen's investigation might have brought had it been credible. The details above point, also point to a lack of directness that created acrimony. Mr. Broniger had the resources to state within days of March 7th what my daughter said, identify the related infraction, and used precedent to decide what the punishment would be without relying on other resources. Had he done so, my family would have respected his decision and seen no reason to oppose it. Instead, Mr. Broniger's actions exposed severe holes in how the Canton school system addresses civil rights issues. He waited roughly two months after the March 7th incident until a few hours after met with Ms. Shannon as part of our appeal to assign punishment. In the intervening time span, Mr. Broniger colluded with Mr. Fullen to publish an inappropriate email notification to the Hanson School community regarding the March 7th event, despite my family's opposition. More than once in his correspondence, Mr. Broniger has written of bringing healing to the school community. I assure everyone on this uh, Zoom call that he did not bring healing to my family. Which brings me uh, back to uh, Ms. Moe's failed investigation. One significant flaw is its lack of due process. In American courts, the accused has the right to know the identities of their accusers. The complainants in Ms. Mullen's letters are anonymous. The school council should ensure that all parties in such cases be aware of each other's identities. Otherwise, an anonymous complainant can act like a cyber bully using their secrecy to act maliciously. I don't know the identities of the complainants cited in Ms. Mullen's letter, but I would not be surprised if they were the 
anonymous person I've referred to and that anonymous person's friends. Ms. Mullen's investigation may actually be facilitating my daughter, uh, the anonymous people antagonizing my daughter and also facilitating by, uh, and also, who, um, as was Mr. Uh, Roninger, however, inadvertently also facilitating their wishes. The letter makes multiple mentions of events at which my daughter was not present and does not explain their relevance. Because of the lack of due process, my daughter has no defense against such statements when they are used to judge her. Additionally, the letter untruthfully remarks that my wife and I did not allow my daughter to make a statement. My daughter gave a statement and Ms. Mullen did not cite it using only the statements of the complainants. Ms. Mullen's failure to include the statement my daughter provided her has tainted the letter's analysis and conclusions. Even if the letter's assertions that my daughter did not give a statement was true, there's an additional logical flaw in the letter. It states that my daughter had intent when she violated the Canton School's non-discrimination policy. Ms. Mullen had no way, of knowing, no way of knowing my daughter's intentions without getting a statement from her directly, unless perhaps she is clairvoyant. I suggest that school handbooks uh, circumscribe how principals can enforce discipline in order to provide quick and fair resolution with little room for ambiguity. Parents should be confident that school administrators are acting in their kids' best interests 10 times out of 10. Civil rights administrators' work should be restricted to where it is needed. If a principal won't let girls participate in certain sports, that's what the administrator is for. They shouldn't be duplicating the work the principal is already doing in terms of student discipline. Right now, Ms. Mullen's letter is impugning my daughter's integrity needlessly and without merit. For these reasons and others, I ask you to withdraw the letter of finding and accompanying documentation for my daughter's records. Thank you for your time. And I hope that someone will reach out to me shortly about this matter to discuss further, or alternatively, I may reach out uh, to members of the administration. Thank you very much for your comments, Mr. Mantel, and I certainly would recommend contacting Superintendent Folan regarding that. that. That would be excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, moving on, uh, Mr. Superintendent Folan, are you okay to give a, um, uh, I guess probably a more brief superintendent's report than usual given our, our time limitations? Is that okay with you? I am happy to do that. Uh, just right, that that moves yeah. us. I'm sorry to section D on the agenda. Just to clarify, with uh, just time, would you like to do the consent agenda just before the? Why don't we do that? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So before that, let's go to section I, the consent agenda, which is the regular includes uh, sections one, two, and three. So that is the regular session minutes from August 11th, 2022 the August 4th, 2022 workshop, the executive session minutes from August 11th, 2022, and the warrants. Uh, this says August 26th, I think. Is that correct? August 26th, 2022. Does anyone uh, have yes, any? Okay, excellent, thank you. Does anyone um, have any comment, wanna pull anything from that? Or is there a motion for approval? I'll make a motion to approve. Okay, excellent. Thank Second. You. Okay, great. Um, and we'll do roll call vote. Ms. Moran? Aye. Ms. Arboleda? Aye. And I'm an aye as well, so it's 3-0 in approval of the consent agenda, subsection I. Thank you very much. And with that, we will jump back to section D to Superintendent Poland. Thank you very much. I'm just keeping an eye on time. Um, 
thank you all for making this adjustment. We had a lot of uh, items that we wanted to get in place for the start of the school year. Um, it's an incredibly special time. I just want to say thanks to all of our principals and administrators, our admin assistants, custodian, maintenance, uh, food service, uh, just our nursing teams are in full gear. We've had a full summer of programming and to turn around and also uh, get ready for the upcoming school year, our central, uh, central office staff uh, as well. It's been a, a great team effort and we're just on the brink of a, a wonderful school year. Um, so just a big thank you to everyone. Some of the, the traditions that happen, which have been uh, conducted by our principals, are lots of meet and greets, webinars, open houses, orientations. Uh, and then also we have on a regular basis, our new educator orientation. And that's um, a special moment. We had 40 plus new educators in the district uh, and the work that they did over the course of three days. Uh, we got tons of great feedback. Uh, it was really facilitated well by a number of our central office members um, and spearheaded by Assistant Superintendent Sarah Shannon. So they walked away with a great sense of what Canton and Canton Public Schools is all about. Um, they had an opportunity to get to know one another and I think they're poised to be very successful. They spent some time in their buildings with their principals. So we welcome everyone. We're ready for the new school year um, and we're just excited. We hope it really goes well in your households. Uh, we're ready in, in the schools. This coming weekend is a back to school, uh, a back to school theme at the farmer's market. And uh, it's exciting to have all of our principals. We have two hour time slots. I'm gonna send out a notice of communication. So again, a very informal and authentic meet and greet for all of our principals in the community. Thank you to those in the farmer's market for setting this up and have this opportunity to engage and communicate with all of our, our families. Um, it's been a fun and wonderful place to be. We're also having a very special um, delivery for fourth graders and ninth graders. Mr. Hughes and his team of, of students are gonna be handing out uh, backpacks, Canton backpacks, thanks to CASA and the Student Wellness Advisory Group. So lots going on this Sunday and we welcome staff back um, uh, on following. And just a reminder that we start grades one through 12 on Wednesday. Um, and, I'm just going to conclude. There's a, a few other things here, uh, but just for the sake of time, uh, the hiring update that I'd like to give, uh, because it has been running through the news and becoming a real reality between school districts, is that um, there has been, in fact, a lot of movement. Uh, we didn't have many retirees, um, but we had a number of folks who maybe took a different position in our district. Uh, we had a number of maternity, paternity leaves. Uh, our principals have been working really hard to hire in their interview committee teams to make sure that we're uh, fully staffed as much as possible. Every day, I look at a superintendent's thread of where everyone is and where they have to hire. Uh, and it's it's a real reality that um, everyone is looking uh, to fill positions as we come through the school year. Um, I would say that there's been a number of folks uh, that we uh, have moved to a different district to follow a, a career path or a, a growth professionally that they've been aspiring to. Uh, and also folks, um, who knows if it's because of COVID or not, but they're, they're looking for work a little closer to home or something that might be better for their families. Uh, so with that, I'll tell you that we have some vacancies uh, here. Uh, we're looking for a chemistry long-term sub and an English long-term sub at CHS. This is like a public service notice. If you know anyone that can help us, if you're retired, 
come and talk to us. Anyone on the screen, call, call anyone here at the schools. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, GMS, home to school interventionist, a nurse, an English teacher, and an English uh, long-term sub. Now, provided these are still vacancies, we do have some interviews set up, uh, and it, it's our desire to make sure that we are uh, fully staffed and ready to go. Um, and if there's a, a different situation, we'll communicate with families. Hanson, uh, we're looking for a kindergarten teacher, and those interviews are underway. JFK, long-term sub, grade five, loose, grade three teacher, and pre-K, a special education teacher. Uh, overall, for our unit A positions, our 26, we have 26 new hires, and then 26 uh, staff members have either changed a position in their building, have transferred to another building, or we've rehired, they had a different role in our district. Uh, unit E, which is our educational assistants, our ABAs and, and such, 10 new hires, 16 changes, transfers, and rehires. And then for personal service contracts, which are some specific positions and administrative positions, we have six, two, six new hires uh, and two changes, transfer or rehires into that category. So you can see, uh, I'd say there's been a lot of hires and a lot of changes that have happened. What I can tell you, especially after meeting folks uh, at the new educator orientation, we are thrilled with the quality of people and staff that we have hired. Uh, we shared with them that they were hired because they have experience. They are, um, they certainly have the talent and skill uh, to be the best that they can be here in, in Canton. We were happy that they chose us uh, and we connected. Uh, so lots of movement, lots of changes, uh, which is typical of all districts, but we're extremely ex pleased with this staff. Um, and we're gonna keep working hard to make sure that every single position is filled. So that concludes my report. Uh, there's a number of th other things that we're pushing out there, but uh, it was nice to be able to connect a little bit about all the happenings and good work as we head into the school year. Excellent, thank you, Superintendent Follin. Um, certainly, I want to share a huge thank you to Ms. Shannon and um, also to Mr. Follin for an excellent new educator orientation. And I was only at a tiny snippet of it for the first couple hours of day one. Um, but the way that it was led, the talks and in the engagement that each of you had with the new educators and really the feel and the realm, the receptiveness uh, that I could tell from the new educators to what each of you were, were leading and discussing was so impressive, very impressive. And um, certainly could feel the energy from the new educators ready to go from this new year too. So such a uh, busy and exciting time of year. So it was a, a great way to uh, be engaged in that. So thank you very much to each of you. Any questions or comments from the committee? Okay. All right, do, you, do we still have a few minutes that we could do any subcommittee updates if anyone has them before adjourning? Okay, is that okay? Okay, all right. <laughs> thank you. With that, let's move then to section I, uh, update of subcommittee task forces. Should, if we just wanna go kind of down the line, uh, if anyone has anything, Ms. Moran. Uh, nothing to offer except that you and I had a great afternoon at the farmer's market on Sunday and met some families and talked to folks. So uh, that's it for me. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you very much. Ms. Arboleda. I, I don't have an update for today. Okay. Sounds good. 
All right. And as far as um, as I go, Miss Moran just um, shared about the farmer's market. Great experience on Sunday. A lot of people stopping by, excitement about the year, some questions here and there, and some great feedback. Um, policy, we've obviously been working hard on Section B and, and jumping ahead to Section C. Um, and also uh, the wellness policy, the review with Jim Hardy. So that, that was great. And as far as content and communications, um, you, we, I did send Mr. Marshall, hopefully you received it <laughs> a couple weeks ago, the, um, the quote for the next calendar year of ads. And we will be starting with a September 15th edition. So we had a little bit of time, but in the next couple of days, you'll be getting approved from me to the members to be able to, to give any feedback. I also want to put the bug in the ear too for um, for anyone that possibly we use um, a high school student that's interested in design in any type that uh, might might be able to contribute that for the coming year might be something exciting for them and helpful to us and a win win hopefully so uh, with that that's all I have for for committee updates at this point so on to section K other business. Anything not reasonably anticipated within 48 hours of our meeting? And in that case, it would be a lot of things, a lot of moving parts for this week's meeting, right? Uh, I, I guess I, I just want to interject on that front. Thank you very much to the school committee members um, showing resilience and moving through challenges this week and zooming in from far, far away and with uh, technical challenges and everything to be in attendance for tonight. So thank you so much. Uh, future business, there will be a school committee goal setting workshop on September 1st at 4 p.m. The next open, open session meeting is scheduled for Thursday, September 8th, 2022 at 6 p.m. And with that, we go to M adjournment. May I have a motion to adjourn? So move. Second. Excellent. All right, we'll do a roll call vote. All in favor, Ms. Moran? Aye. Ms. Arboleda? Aye. And I'm an aye as well. So that's 3-0. Thank you very much, everyone. Thank you.